pressing on the upward way new height i'm gaining every day still praying as i onward bound lord plants my feet on higher ground lord lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table we love and joy and light abound lord plant my feet on higher ground my heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay though some may dwell where these abound my constant aim is higher ground lord lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table abound lord plant my feet on higher ground beyond the mist i fain would rise to rest beneath on clouded skies above that storm oil peace is found by those who dwell on higher ground lord lift me up and let me stand by faith on my feet on higher ground i long to scale the utmost height though rough the way and had the fight my song while climbing shall resound lord lead me on to higher ground lord lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land we Lord.
God plants my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up the mountainside. I dare not climb without my guide and heaven gain i'll gaze around with grateful heart from higher ground lord lift me up and let me stand by fate on my feet on ground. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this great privilege we have to come to your presence to look at this law of liberty. Thank you because of how far you have helped us even up to this point. Thank you for what you have in store for us. Thank you because we know that you have great and mighty plans for us both in this life and in the life to come. Our prayer is that as we look into the law of liberty, you would speak unto us. You will reveal your truth unto us. And each and every one of us will receive light and life for our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because we know you have answered. For in Jesus' name, we are prayed. Amen. I want to thank the Lord for uh, another opportunity to come to this sixth session. In this series of studies, we have called the last night of Sodom. And I will have you follow me quickly to the book of Genesis, which we have been reading from the time this series has started. Today, I'm going to be reading from the book of Genesis and chapter 19 from verse 17, 18, and 19. And the Bible says, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servants have found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Now, I will stop here for now, but I want to call our attention to a few things that we see in that passage we just read. While the focus of today's lesson will be just on verse 17, and we'll trust the Lord that even as we continue along this line, next week, we'll begin to look at some of the response that Lot gave to the angels. But today, we are going to be focusing on the instructions that the angel has given to Lot and his family. Now, first of all, you see, escape for thy life. And if you have been following this series, we mentioned that this is an instruction in form of a command, which you see the word escape with the E in capital letter. Though it is not a noun, neither is it starting a sentence, right? But you see the word escape. So, but after that escape comes some other sets of instructions unto Lot. 
Yet the Bible says, look not behind thee, neither stay in all the plain. These are the caution to take while Lot and his family are escaping. And lastly, you see another instruction in form of an admonition or an exhortation, and it says, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. So you see a threefold instruction that was given to Lot there. Number one, escape for thy life. Number two, look not behind thee, neither stay in all the plain. Then the third part says, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. So the angel gave a compelling reason for Lot and his family to escape to the mountain. A compelling case for going to the mountain, you see that the angels were telling him and his family that their lives are at stake. That the life of a man who, though, came out of Sodom, what is not escaping, is at stake. Their eternal life is at stake. Now, may I mention that you should take note to the call of the angel in this passage. It was not a call without a destination. So as we begin to look at the topic before us, a call to spiritual mountaineering. It was not a call without a purpose. God, in the same vein, has not called us to a destinationless place. God is not saying that as believers in Christ, we need to run and run to no destination. Praise the Lord. Now, if the angels are taught Lord, escape for thy life, and they ended there, you know, God would have said, the angels just, just told him to what? Escape. Therefore, the choice of where to go will be in the hand of who? In the hand of lost. And so, Lord could decide and say, I want to go in this direction of my choosing. Are you following me now? Now, when we come to the point, next by the grace of God, that you begin to see Lord saying, not so, not so, I cannot go to the mountain. So, Lord, at the time, was given the instruction, knows the, the, the full grasp, has the full understanding of the destination. Do you know that God has called us in this race, in this Christian race, there is a destination. Again, if the angels are told, Lord, escape for thy life, escape to the mountain, and they also stopped there, and there was no further instruction on how they need to escape. God would have also said that they can do anything on the way, provided they find their way to the mountain. But no, no, not at all. The angel said, escape for thy life. Then the next set of instructions that came says, look not behind thee. Already, this instruction puts a, a, a barrier, a boundary around what they can do while they do what? While they escape. Are you following, please? And now the angels did not stop there, but they said, neither stay thou in all the plain. Brethren, these are the instructions for our escape. And these are the instructions we need to yield to. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plain. So we can conclude that the escape that we are called to as a destination, this escape as an instruction, all sets of instructions for us to get to our destination. There is a conduct that must follow the life of a man that is what? Escaping. So what I'm saying today is that our call as believers is not an aimless call. It is not a call without a destination. It is not a call without instructions. So God did not just say escape without giving men. How men should escape? Are you following at all? So God gave men a way 
of their escape. God gave men a destination of their escape. And Jesus Christ came to the world. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Are you following? And the life. That no man cometh unto the Father, but by what? By me. So when you see many people who call themselves Christians, perhaps around today, who you see probably online in these days of social media, misbehaving. Though it seems they are believers, many times, what is missing is that they do not know the purpose of the what? Of the escape. When you see the purpose of something is not known, the Englishman says abuse is inevitable. And when you begin to see men abusing the grace they have received to arise and using it anyway, anyhow, it is simply because there is no sense of destination or there is no following of the instructions given even to us as we escape. Praise the Lord. So, men who profess they have received the grace and mercy of God today, but do not know the purpose of the escape, are bound to abuse it. And you know, we talked about what it means to escape in the last two sessions. And I will not use this session to discuss that escape again. If you have not listened to that session, I will encourage you to listen. And even if you have listened, listen over and over. That you grasp the, the, the understanding of what it means to escape. So as we come to the topic of a call to spiritual mountaineering, I want to call your attention to those specific languages, statements that the angels made in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 17. So let us look at that passage one more time. In verse 17, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad. Remember, in verse 16, it says, Arise. And now in verse 17, it says, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be what? Consumed. The first thing you see here is the purpose of this escape is for his life. The Bible says, Escape for thy life. There is a purpose. There is a goal. The preservation of the life of a man is the purpose of salvation. It is because of the life of man that God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross of Calvary. The Bible, tell, the Bible tells us in the book of John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The life of a man is what is at stake in this escape. So the reason why we are to run and escape is for us to live and to live eternally. It's not a temporal life, but to have eternal life. Now you begin to see the instruction that came to Lord is not just an ordinary instruction. When you look at that John 3, 16, it says it was because God loved the world. So the instruction for, for Lord and his family to escape is an instruction of love. And you come to understand what we are saying here as we continue. So, Lord and his family have not only received the grace and the mercy of the Lord, but they are called to be a partaker of the love of God. When you read the book of Jude, and you read the book of 1 Peter and 2 Peter, and you hear this apostle saying, Keep thyself in the love of God. It is pointing to the fact that there is a jurisdiction, there is a need for us to keep ourselves within the scope of what God has called us to do. Praise the Lord. Now, so, 1 John chapter 2, verse 5 says, For whosoever keepeth his word, in him is the love of God perfected. Everybody know we that we are in him. So, the word of the angels that they spoke to love was a sure word. And they said, Escape for thy life. 
Look not behind it. Give me the instruction. Neither stay down in all the plains. Escape to the mountain. So keeping the word of the angel was central, was paramount, and Lord should have just done because it, it was the word of God. And so a man like Lot decided not to keep himself in the love of God. Are you following, please? Now, so if you come to the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, the Bible says, Indeed, was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten son to the world, that we might live through him. That life, escape for thy life, is that we would live through Christ. Christ is the means by which we would get eternal life. And this is the love of God itself. So a man that said, not so, Lord, is saying, not so to the love of God. The Bible says, but this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. So you begin to see the men who decide that they will not stand where the word of God stands. They will not put themselves and keep themselves in the word of God, are directly disobeying the commandments of the Lord, and they are saying their eternal life is not important. Though they may say they have come out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Jude chapter 1 verse 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. There is a connection between the love and the life. And the love of God, as we see in this passage, is keeping the commandments of God. And so when you began to see that Lord planted the commandments of God, it was primarily because he had the way of keeping his life. He has a way of keeping his life outside the way that Christ Jesus has laid down. Praise the Lord. Now, are there not many people in our time who have come to establish their own way to heaven? They have come to establish their own way to eternal life. And they've not come to stay in the love of God, in the commandment of God, in the precepts of God, within the boundaries that God has set down for every believer. Now, it may seem though I'm still speaking in parables. I pray the Lord will give us understanding in Jesus' name. So, what are these commandments? Now, the first one, do not look back. The second, do not stay in all the plains. But now, what that means is escape to the mountain. While it is three, two, enhancing one. Because if you look back, you cannot escape to the mountain. If you stay in the plain, you cannot get to the mountain. So in this commandment, you see, look onward. Don't look back. Move on. Don't stay. Don't stand. But rather, go forward. To where, brethren? To the mountain. There is a call for us as believers. Just as there was a call for lots to go up to the mountain. There is a call for us to go up to the mountain. What the angels caution and command is that their eyes, Lot and his wife and his children, his whole family, and their actions. So, look not back. Their eyes focus on the direction of the mountain. And then, stand not their feet and their actions towards the path of the mountain. Am I making sense at all? So, a man that understands the sense of destination will walk according to fulfilling that destination. Now, the two instructions that were given to Lot and his family were not separate. But you cannot look at the world and move forward at the same time. 
Do you know that why many don't move forward in their spiritual journey? It is simply because at least one of the instructions has been flaunted. They either do not look forward or they either just stay on the plane. I hope you are not on the plane. How will a man claim to have come to Christ but his Christian life will remain static? Stay in one place and there is no growth. First year, second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year. It is because they are either looking at the world or they have rested on a plane. Now, I want to point your attention again to one other thing that caught my attention as we look at that passage again. If you see from that Exodus chapter 19, verse 17, the Bible says, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plane. You know, I wondered, why didn't the angels say, neither stay thou in the plane? It is because there are planes. Yes, there are planes as we journey. You know, there are many people that have found resting place on the journey to the celestial kingdom. And instead of moving on, instead of taking the breath and pressing forward, what they did was they paused and they remained there. So you begin to wonder, why did the angels instruct to not stay down in all the plane? Because there are planes. There are plane experiences that men could actually get to and find solace there. And thinking that they have made it and think that they have attained and they just remain there and that will be their hand. I pray it will not be a hand in Jesus' name. Now, probably you're asking, what are you saying? What are the, 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 the spots, the, the, the points along the Christian journey that we call planes? There are many of them. There are planes of legalism. There are planes of formalism. There are planes of libertinism. There are planes of materialism. There are planes of hypocrisy. There are planes of ease, canal security, good resolution, good works, despondency, and unbelief. There are many, many planes that we cannot even speak of all of them. But let me just take a few because the HSL neither stayed out in all the plane. Now, the word plane there is actually in the plural form because it can appear either as plane or planes. So it's not just one. The plane of legalism. And there are men who have found the plane of legalism after arising from Sodom. After claiming they've given their life to Jesus Christ, you see, they've stepped out and they've remained on the plane of legalism. What, what does that mean? They adhere to external laws and formulas as a way of life. Does this make sense at all? Men who have come to hold so strongly the external form of religion as the gold standard. Paul the Apostle talked about the Israelites in Romans chapter 10. He says, Brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. So they are not even saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. So the zeal is not enough, but not according to knowledge. But they've been ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. This reminds me of Lord who said, Not so, Lord. I want to establish my home. This small place is good. 
this small city is not just a small one. And they forgot that Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone that believes. Do you see that? Christ is the end. The goal of the law of righteousness is Christ. So what, what people do who are legalists is that they establish their own righteousness being ignorant, intentionally or not, of the righteousness of God. And they may be with zeal and they adhere so strongly by it. Do you know that the plane of legalism is one that men can land unknowingly after having started right in the faith? Paul the Apostle, when he was speaking, writing to the Galatian church, in the book of Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? That you should not obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth, crucified among you. You see, Paul the Apostle was telling the Galatian church that Jesus Christ has been set forth and been presented unto you as the goal. And in verse 2, he says, This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, and ye now made perfect by the flesh. So the Galatian believers, God himself, after they started well, into legalism. So a man can come out of Sodom and just end up in legalism. Yes. And that is true for many people today who think they are in Christ. And they may be zealous about it, but they are found in the plane of legalism. There are many people on this plane. And they are self-contented. They are full of the works that they do. They do not depend on the Holy Spirit any longer. They do not strive to become more like Jesus any longer. It's not just the activities, the actions, the works. A congregation can be a legalist congregation. If you go to a congregation in the plane of legalism, they glory their abilities to stay true to their laws and conform to the rules that they have set for themselves. Brethren, legalism is the plane. The angels said, do not stay there. And the word of God says, do not stay there. If the whole of your Christian life today is one out of just the activities, how well you conform to a standard, you may be on the plane of legalism. Now, there are other planes that the plane of formalism, very similar to legalism. They focus on outward religious rights more than on inward attitude. And these outward forms can be some sacred buildings, place of worship, which has been so revered. And that is, their, that, is, that, is, that is the act of their own journey. It may be that they go to church every Sunday. I cannot miss church. They take the Holy Communion. They may be workers in the church. They do this, they do that. And all that is there in their Christian life is just doing according to the custom. Custom. And formalism can be everywhere. Formalism can be in prayer. Just keeping, staying true to fasting. No, I fast every length time. I fast. Oh, I keep the holy day. I keep the Sabbath. I don't miss church service. So, formalism. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 29, verse 13 to 14 says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as these people draw near me with their mouths, and with their lips do not honor me, 
But I've removed their heart from me, and their fear towards me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among these people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Did you see that? God knows when men are either legalists or formalists. You know, there was that man, speaking of legalism, who came to Jesus Christ. And he said, what must I do to enter into life eternal? Jesus asked him, he said, this, he said, all this I have done. All this I have done from when I was a youth. And then Christ said, now go and sell all that you have and follow me. That was the end. The Bible told us that this man was full of sorrow and he went away. See, brethren, following Jesus, walking in the footsteps of Jesus, is that mountaineering we are talking about. It's not about all the things that you're able to do. It's not about checking the box. That is not the goal. And perhaps this describes you. The entire Christian experience is composed of forms, structures, and religious procedures to satisfy God. God is calling you today. Come out. Look forward. Go up. Strive to be like Jesus. Walk with the Holy Spirit to be like Jesus. Grow. Now time will fail me to speak about all the possible planes that exist. And I trust that God will help us to come to this matter later, probably outside this series. But permit me to speak about two more planes. There are many people who are on the other side of the extreme. The plane of libertinism. See, now that they are born again, so to speak, they say, so far I have raised up my hands. I'm out of Sodom. I have liberty. So all the boundaries, all the moral boundaries, the boundaries of looking not back, the boundaries of staying not in the plane, all those boundaries are let loose. And they go without their guide, and they say they are free. They say they are not under any law. Some of them say that they cannot even sin because they are born of God. And they quote the Bible. And so they live carelessly. Brethren, in this walk, we have boundaries. You see those two instructions, those cautions that the angels give to Lot and his family. Say, look not behind thee. It is a boundary. Brethren, look not behind thee. He that stayed down in the plane, look not behind thee. These are boundaries. The Christian life is not devoid of rule. But the Christian life do not consist of those rules. Are you with me now? It's time to fill me. There are planes of ease in which men feel they have all that they need. No need to pray. No need to seek the face of God. There are many planes. And oh, I wish I had the time to speak of every possible plane that exists. But may I tell you that some of the things that characterize them are one, a lack of desire to grow. A love for the world. A lack of prayer. A lack of studying the word of God. Everything that is given unto us to advance in this Christian life is not paid attention to. If you go to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, the Bible says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things, life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby we are given exceedingly great and precious promises, that by this ye might be partakers of the divine nature. So if you're going to be a partaker of the divine nature, God has given us instructions. Just as Lord and his family were given instructions, we have instructions, and it's the scriptures. It's the word of God. 
and the help of the Holy Spirit that gives us and teaches us about this world. And so, that passage says, Second Peter, and beside this, giving all diligence. The Christian life requires diligence. That's your monthly hearing. Say, add to your faith virtue. Add to your virtue knowledge. And he continues to say, add, 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 add. And he said, if ye do all these things, you, should, you will make it such that you will never fall or fail in the knowledge of the Lord. Brethren, I want to say that the Christian life requires diligence. And there is no rest in a plane. But rest is only in Christ. Again, why I cannot possibly speak of every possible plane that men may stay to their possible doom and risk of being consumed. I will not leave this point without mentioning that a lack of gaze of Christ looking up and forward and pressing on. Remember the two instructions? Look not behind thee. Do not stay. So two things that characterize a plain life is a gaze that is not focused on Christ and a life, a life, a soul that is not climbing or growing. I would say that many people, many people are on the plane today. And that is why many on that day will say, Lord, Lord, we have done many wonderful things in your name. And Jesus will answer. He will answer, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that walk in equity. Brethren, Jesus said unto him, in the book of John, chapter 14, verse, 16, verse 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, we, in this journey, we cannot get to our destination. We cannot get to the mountain. Jesus Christ has been declared unto us. He has been put forth unto us as a solution, as the way to the kingdom of God. He has been given unto us. So if there's any strife that we need to strive, is that strive to attain unto Christ. That's why Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 to 11, he says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. All that I was seeking was to know Jesus. He said, For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but don't, that I may win Christ. That's the goal. That I may win Christ. And be found in him, not outside him, not having my own righteousness. Men will seek to have their own righteousness. That's legalism. Which is of the law. But that which is true, the faith in Christ, looking, the faith, the faith in Christ, looking unto Jesus. And the righteousness which is of God by faith. Look, if you look at that verse 10 in Philippians chapter 3, it says that I may know him. What's the goal of your life, brethren? Before we wrap up today, what is the goal of your life? That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. Be made conformable unto his death. If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That's life. What is your pursuit, brethren? If your goal is not Christ, you are mistaken. If your pursuit is not that you may be made conformable to Christ, you grow in the knowledge of the Lord. You grow in the grace of the Lord. You grow in the truth of the Lord. And day after day you are growing and you are not taking a plain life, a plain experience. But you are moving forward, setting your eyes on the map. My brethren, Paul later says in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, he said, not as though I had already attained. Either we're already perfect. He said, I follow after. That's the moving. That's the pressing on. That's the moving forward. If 
that I may apprehend that of for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, he says, I count not myself to have apprehended. I count not myself to have attained. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before me, before me, I press towards the mark. There is a mark. And you have not gotten to the mark until you have attained unto the knowledge. And you have come to the understanding of the breadth, of the depth, of the height of the knowledge of God. That is mountaineering. You know, we cannot go to all the scope of what it means to mountaineer, to climb. But I want to tell you that the way to the top is Christ. The way to life eternal, if you say escape for your life, is Christ. Christ has been given unto us. Again, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, all that Christ did was not just that he died on the cross of Calvary for us. He was set forth as an example for you and I. That we should follow his steps. Follow his steps. As we pray this evening, you want to ask yourself, are you following in his steps? Or have you established your own form of perfection? Are you constantly assessing your life? Your Christian life from the lens of Christ. What will Christ do? What more can I do? Are you walking with the Holy Spirit? For God to be revealed unto you, even through his words. The book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 says, That the highest of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the greatness of his power towards God who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his right hand in heavenly places, in high places, in heaven, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominions and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in which is to come. And I put all things under him and gave him to be the head over all things. See, if Christ is not your goal, you don't have a goal and you've not escaped. Day after day, he told the apostle after all that he has done, he will say, I press forward. Are you pressing forward? The song our sister sang for us is, I'm pressing on this onward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Are you gaining new heights or you have settled on a plane? He says, Still praying, still praying. Do you, you see that? You are praying, you are reading the word. As I onward battle, said, Lord. Plant my feet on higher ground. There is higher ground to climb. He says, my heart has no desire to stay. Where doubts arise, those planes. When we come next week, we begin to see that Lot could not stay in where he, he claimed he was going to stay. Where he felt he was going to be safe. He said, my heart has no desire to stay. Where doubts arise and fear dismay, though some may dwell where those abound. He said, my constant aim is higher ground. Is that your constant aim? Are you seeking a higher ground in Christ? If Paul would say that I may know him, are you saying that I may know him? That I may seek him. And as you climb on this mountain, the things of the world becomes very, very marginal to you. Very marginal. The songwriter says further, beyond the mist, I fain will rise. The world is full of mist. To rest beneath unclouded skies. There is a lot of confusion around. Confusion on the internet. About who is a true Christian. What do you need to look at him? 
Jesus has been given unto you. Jesus is far above principality, far above powers, far, far above everything you can think of. And his life is declared unto us in the scripture. Are you reading the word? I long to scale the utmost high. The road may be rough. And the fight may be hard. My song while climbing shall resound. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. As we pray this evening, is that your prayer? Are you saying, Lord, lead me up to the mountainside? I dare not climb without my guide. That instruction, that boundary, just like the angels gave it to Lot. Look not behind him. Neither stay in any of the plane. I know we never talked about all the planes. But I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit will reveal this unto you. Are you walking with the Holy Spirit? The teacher of all things. The God of all things. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? People say, oh, you know, we don't need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. You cannot survive on this walk, in this race, without the Holy Spirit. If you're ever going to, to, to get to higher ground and not to gaze around and be looking at all the things that will perish with this world, you need to go higher. The Lord will help you and I to go higher in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the grace and the privilege you've given unto us today. As many that would take a step today to move up, to go up, and to fix, fix their gaze on higher ground. Daddy Lord, we pray that you give power today. Through your Holy Spirit, you give strength today to pursue, to, 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 to go on, to move up, and never to look back. To take the word of God seriously. To take prayer seriously. To take becoming more like Jesus seriously. And not to find solace in some self-righteousness. In some check-the-box Christianity. And not to feel that they have attained. But God, oh Lord, to have that humility to seek more. More of you. More of Jesus. Every day. Until that great day. In which we shall appear before the Lord. Even in heaven. That he do this for us and take our glory. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. And God bless you richly.